Oh. Hill sprint. Okay, so. Oh, nice view. Vibram five fingers for the win. Right. Some. Uh, quick turbo thoughts. So. Uh, first of all, some thoughts on photography if I get to a pork belly. <laughs> so I think I might have been the first and only person to have theorized about this where I do think that there is a link between what you eat, how you eat, what you drink, what you don't drink, and uh, artistic and photographic productivity and also artistry. So, for example, Whose opinion would you heed to more? Would you rather heed to the opinion of a, a skinny fat nerd who theorizes on the notions of cocoa masculinity? Or would you rather put your faith in Thor, have Thor Bjornsson, I think, who could deadlift 500 one kilogram uh, besting Eddie Hall's uh, deadlift record. But anyways, so the genesis of one's thoughts can only arise out of one's personal physiology, which means which means your body, your brain, life force, energy, whatever you want to call it, right? Is self-contained within this 3D mesh of your head, your arms, your legs, body, whatever. The notion of some sort of super external soul is to me, uh, kind of a nonsense, I think actually. And one of the very useful thoughts I got from studying philosophy and a little bit of my best friend Nietzsche is the notion of a mortal soul, that when you die, your soul also dies. And it's, it's a pretty interesting thought because what it then means is The soul, the notion of a soul, is pretty much just a manifestation of your ego, your personality, your life experiences, thoughts, health, whatever. And therefore, if you are in supreme great mood and health, certainly you'll create artwork, thoughts, photos, videos, paintings, pictures, poetry, whatever, that has a more uplifting and 
helping nature versus if you're like super sad and depressed and you know and then like a Edgar Allan Poe kind of type then your poetry whatever it can only be like emo like emotional where people with poor health can only create artwork with poor health and I think actually the tricky thing with art is that art it's infectious either in a good way or a bad way so for example um uh I mean Nietzsche says music is the tonic which uplifts our spirits and our mood and our strength which I probably agree with because if you think about it even the ancient Spartans used to pound the drums and wear red capes or clothing because it got their adrenaline, testosterone, whatever flowing, which kind of gave them the power, the strength, the chutzpah, the balls to go into battle, right? And, and so actually I think if you want to better improve your photography, it seems a wise thing to actually first focus on your mood and your health. So how does one do this? Um, I mean, simple thoughts. You can come here to the, come here to the mountainside, countryside, get some nice fresh mountain air and water, and use a chance to recover, eat lots of delicious pork belly, meat, samgyeopsai, whatever have you. And contrary to popular belief, I think you should bring your 5G phone, your hopefully the the cabin or the house or the whatever has gigabit super fast Wi-Fi because I think I like this barbell of is I call it like a digital Zen monk mode, right? Where you're surrounded by all this great nature, right? However, and you can leverage that to have more interesting thoughts, whatever. But also, on top of that, you could actually leverage the internet, right? So you could upload like um, 4K, 5K videos, 60 FPS, whatever have you. And then what it becomes is it's a, it becomes the undulation of spending some time in the city and some time in a, what I call like a non-city because it's funny that Koreans call this the countryside but I would actually call it uh, the mountainside and there are certain theories that being at a higher altitude or elevation you know there's less oxygen and that actually forces your heart to beat harder which actually ends up uh, strengthening you so I do believe that people who live in the mountain tend to be healthier, happier, and actually live longer um, versus people living in the flatlands. So also one thing I superficially like about being here in the mountains is places with elevation where you could actually climb up is actually really enjoyable. Like even the notion of Kokwood hiking, it just means vigorous walking. <laughs> and so rather than hiking, I kind of like the notion of mountaineering where, you know, you're going up a mountain and this irony is the joy of mountaineering or hiking or whatever is not being on flat ground but it's actually the joy of climbing up and even if you think about 
like uh, motorsports, right? One thing that people like to do is what they call a hill climb where, you know, they have a Subaru WRX or STI or some other car. And the goal is to see how quickly they can sprint all the way up from the bottom of the hill to the top of the hill. And technically this is actually safer because um, if you're going downhill, it's so easy to skid out of control and die. Whereas you're going uphill, you actually have more control. So even mountaineers know that even with hiking, a lot easier and safer to go up the mountain than down the mountain. Because when you're going down the mountain, that's often actually where you end up falling and uh, might hurt yourself. So um, that's that thought. But anyways, um, thinking back to photography. So um, my personal thought and philosophy is that the photos you make should inspire, motivate, and uplift the souls of others, people who are looking at your photos. Um, but the downside right now is that it seems that the bias of photography is actually in order to make a more virtuous photo, you must make it more quote quote emo or you need to make it like kind of weird and strange or you kind of need it to be about pain and suffering and injustice in the world in order for it to be virtuous. So if you're a quote quote serious photographer, effectively you're not allowed to be happy. <laughs> and even if you think about um, philosophers, thinkers, people, stuff like that, right? It's the more melancholy and dark one is, one seems to be more profound, philosophical and deep. But actually on the contrary, I believe that to be a false statement because, I mean, one of Nietzsche's thoughts is, you know, deeper, or I mean, a dark, strange, sick artists and people tend to be more fascinating which is actually true like if you like for example you see like um people who are like you know cracked out or you know homeless people whatever is that they're more fa like they're more fascinating to observe or look at because they are so weird and strange and different same thing with fashion right fashion is all about like looking really weird right like <laughs> like even if you look at the new Balenciaga stuff and the new you know Kanye's new fashion whatever it's like how can we make people look more alien and non-human like than to just make humans uh, you know, look more human right so you know you know people shaving off their heads and wearing strange clothes and sunglasses whatever um, but in fact I actually think that the most beautiful type of human in theory, should just be butt naked, maybe just wearing a Speedo. Um, you know, uh, so the ideal is, if you want to see how beautiful, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll speak to men, right? Ideally, a man shouldn't wear a hat, shouldn't have sunglasses, whatever. Like, bare face, nothing on their face, not even glasses, right? Um, not even glasses, um, you know, some sort of nice haircut, whatever. Uh, and just be topless, you know, pantless, shoeless, right? Uh, kind of the way that uh, bodybuilders uh, pose, right? I think that's, that's a nice idea. And therefore, it then becomes the standard of 
beauty or male masculinity or male beauty is that it's actually based on your body's physique and muscles or whatever but anyways so i've actually found that even for myself speaking i've actually become more courageous in street like um you know certainly when i see something i want to photograph i still hesitate and you know sometimes feel scared whatever but i'm a lot less fearful now than i was in the past and i think maybe it's because i've been getting into powerlifting got my 551 pound um, deadlift etc and something about increasing your body's physical strength i call it adrenaline management uh is quite beneficial to photography and street photography because you know even so much of photography right like even if you're um let's say a portrait photographer or a model photographer whatever right it actually requires a lot of uh directing and engaging with the subject like, like actually i would say 80 percent to 90 percent of a portrait photographer's or a model photographer's skill isn't actually their technical prowess it's actually the way they're able to interact and engage with their subjects so for example uh, richard avedon he would often like you know jump in the air and dance with the subjects and he would know how to provoke a certain reaction out uh, out of them um and i think that's what made him such a great uh, photographer and so i think we should kind of go away from this Henri Cartier-Bresson like fly on the wall aesthetic where it's like you know um the downside of Henri Cartier-Bresson you watch his old documentaries on him he's quite uh pretentious in so far much as he himself loved photographing people but he himself didn't like being photographed and i find the reason why this is so superficial and so um you know contrary is that in order for you as a photographer to become the uber photographer or become the best photographer possible you yourself must be comfortable being on both sides of the lens so you must be phot uh, comfortable photographing and you also must be comfortable being photographed or being videoed recorded whatever uh simple so thought suggestion uh recording this on the gopro hero 10 the 11's out just turn off the lcd screen in the front and the blinking lights and i'm just like i'm just hand holding this like there's no mount there's no whatever just use the standard uh, stabilization uh no external microphone and the big benefit of this is that it allows you to speak and think more freely because whenever I have a selfie video or blinking lights, it actually robs me of my focus. Even Nassim Taleb has this theory that um, the reason why public speaking is so bad is that when you're on stage and you have all these bright shining lights on your face and all these cameras on you, it actually does rob you of your focus and the, the stream of your thoughts. Even when I really, really need to focus at the gym and I'm attempting a new one rep max that I've never done to my deadlift squad, whatever, I actually don't record it because like if I'm trying to do a new PR for a deadlift or a squad or whatever, and I've never attempted it before, um, Even if there's a 1% distraction, if I'm just thinking back in my head, oh, is, you know, is my GoPro at the right angle? Am I gonna capture the right whatever? Um, or I become conscious of the camera. It prevents me from doing 100% force output and just being really focused on the moment. Uh, similarly speaking, um, you know, think about it this way. If you had a Porsche 911 GT3 RS, the new one, right? And you're trying to do a new Nuremberg record, right? 
are you gonna be texting while driving? Probably not, right? And similar, uh, similarly speaking, the funny thought I had was even uh, parenting, whatever, being with your kid. Ironically enough, if you want to become more present with your kid, the way to do that is. Kind of doing more quote unquote dangerous stuff with them because if there is an element of danger, you can't just be like on your phone because there's a chance your kid might be hurt. However, this is the downside of. Um, that it's quote quote safe right you know parents just doing um you know whatever random stuff on their phone but actually i don't trust playgrounds because actually they're far more dangerous insofar much as like even in america right like slides often break uh one of the big benefits of being in phnom penh cambodia right where there's like this wat botan park across their hotel it's like so ratchet, like there's like all these holes and things are broken and stuff like that. And so I actually encouraged me to be more present with Sen because um, I didn't want him to seriously injure himself. So I would just encourage you to take your kid to the mountains and go hiking and stuff like that. And you know, if the kid falls, it's, it's all good, right? But anyway, so that's one thought. Um, another thought I had too was about Samgyeopsal pork belly, so I'm like, why is it that Koreans love to eat, uh, you know, uh, pork belly, samgyeopsal, right? And it's called samgyeopsal because sam is sam, sam three. Gyop maybe means a belly, and sal means like flesh. Even in uh, Vietnamese, it's um, it's a baji tail, ba, multi ba, one, two, three in Vietnamese. Jit maybe means a uh, stomach, hail is a uh, pig. So it's kind of like, Pork belly tends to have three lines of um, fat and so, or flesh, who knows. And I think it's the distribution of fat and meat, lean meat, which makes it so delicious, especially if you pan fried. And, but then something that's kind of on my mind, like I might be just superstitious about this, but um, I'm just like, can I not digest pork that well? Like, is it easier to digest beef? And I'm just thinking, I'm like, hmm, but it seems like Korean people have been eating you know, pork or something upside for a long time, or you know, semi-long time, so it should be okay. Um, but then, how much of this is just kind of a financial issue, where Koreans would prefer to eat beef, but beef is way more expensive, right? So, samgyeopsal tends to be this best like bang for the buck. It's relatively inexpensive, and it just tastes really delicious. And there's, it's become this cultural meme that you know, ajishis like older middle-aged men will drink it uh, with soju, which is the um, you know the Korean vodka essentially. Um, and and then you know, there's so many halal rules that are anti-pork you can't eat pork you know jewish tradition uh, islam whatever and i think part of it was this bias that historically you know maybe it is true that pigs carried more disease it seems that you know based on my understanding pigs are less discerning about what they eat right is a is a thought um and even if you think about the ancient greeks right whenever after they battled you just read the iliad right they love to feast on oxen. Even a hectocomb is sacrificing a hundred uh, oxen for the gods. Never pork or swine or you know the bristled pork, whatever. And so my one of my theories is actually maybe beef, and also it's it's, it's redder, right? It's got my, more myoglobin. Perhaps <coughs> that is the thought that 
it has a higher nutritional density because even if you like a pork or pork belly it's kind of more pink it's not really red um, and even in South America they don't consider chicken meat right um, there's a funny story of my friend uh, Tim Flanagan who's you know he's like he, he goes to this village in uh, South America somewhere and he's like oh you know I'm vegetarian I can't eat meat they're like oh yeah okay 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 and they cook him up some food he's eating he's like oh what's what is this he's like oh it's a chicken chicken soup right it's just like you know chicken ain't chicken ain't meat right but anyways um i do like this idea that the more buff and swole you get um it will help you become more artistically productive creatively productive more turbo thoughts uh but ultimately what you decide to eat what you decide not to eat it's a personal preference you know you might have some strict religious observances. You might have some more philosophical, ethical ones. Honestly, it's it's all good. But I would say um, keep experimenting with how you eat. Like I only eat one big meal a day, no breakfast, no lunch, just massive dinner. You know, Ramadan style every single day, and it works well for me. Um, and yeah, just keep experimenting until you can find yourself to have the maximum vigor.